from a leather case. Wow. A Lakota Indian born in the Black Hills of Wyoming. Uh, the man smiled, remembering how the, the, the feather came to him. And then okay. I'm sitting, you know, I said, okay, how often have yeah. I ever read an article in USA Today that features a Native American, an eagle feather, and it talks about healing and dying and God and great yes. spirit and so yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. That was just fantastic. <laughs> it was ultra fantastic. So yeah. then, you know me, I need more data. So then, Gary, we're going to have to take a break. And um, I, when we come back, I'm just going to say quickly why this is so crucial. And then we're going to go back to this wonderful story. We're almost it, done. So thank you for still allowing me to do this. Oh, no, I'm thrilled to have you doing this. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our guest is the glorious Dr. Gary Schwartz. He'll be keynoting the 38th Annual Conference of the Academy of Spiritual and Consciousness Studies to be held in July 10-13-2014 in Scottsdale. The topic is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. And I'll tell you when we come back why that's so significant. Go to ASCSI.org for more information and go to Amazon. Look for their brand new book, Afterlife Communication. It is absolutely wonderful. We'll be right back. If you want to know more about what really happens when we die, or if you're just curious about some of the things discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the friendly seekers at AfterlifeForums.com. Roberta Grimes administers a growing community in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. It really is possible to know the truth. Give yourself the gift of understanding. Share your thoughts with people who are eager to listen. Finally, get your big questions answered. Afterlifeforums.com The truth about your own eternal nature turns out to be even more wonderful than your most optimistic hopes. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with Dr. Gary Schwartz. I want those listening to understand that this is how spirit talks to us. They talk to us often in synchronicities. So to, to be studying them, as Dr. Schwartz is doing, puts him right where you always are, Gary. You're always on the cutting edge of everything. and I'm thrilled you're doing this here with us. So please continue. So you found that the brown eagle feather was... Um, and in a story about all this as well. How extraordinary. Please go on. Thank you. And by the way, Dean Radin actually said some of us are actually beyond the the cutting edge. What we're on is the bleeding edge. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's out there with you, so (laughs) he would know. Absolutely. So, you know, I said, said, okay, given this article, first of all, I better write all these things down. So I actually took about an hour and I wrote down all of this information. Oh, by the way, I have to tell you this. There is a hawk standing on a water fountain directly in line of sight from my study where I'm reading it. And I have never seen a hawk standing on that water fountain in the entire 12 years that I've lived here. Hello, hawk. Oh, my goodness. There you have another one. (laughs) Maybe. Okay. So we'll. It's a raptor. It's another raptor. It is. It is. Ooh. You're right. Hold on. I probably can't take a photograph of it right now. They probably but, uh, couldn't get an eagle to do it, so they got a. a <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wait a second. We're going to do something really odd. You ready for this? Uh huh. Okay. Here we go. What I'm doing is I am now. You ready for this? This is a first. 
so the listeners could actually hear this. I am now taking a movie of that eagle, of that hawk, sitting on the fountain, drinking the water. So we're getting a recording of this as well, because I always, whenever I have a camera in any way handy, you know, you want to be able to record something for posterity. This is the way that you have, you can verify that what yes. you've seen is real. Yes, And yes. this hawk is literally drinking from this fountain. But and I you're right, is, it is a raptor. And this is part of your, your, I'm sure it's part of the series. That was the best they could do to say what, what you're saying is, is we were doing all of that. This is how they communicate with us, dear friends. This is, this is the best that we, they, because we don't believe them when they're just talking in our heads, they send us these signs repeatedly. Um, and Gary, you're sensitive to them, which is very, and which is, means you're going to keep getting them. People who ignore them don't get anymore. So everyone should it's, pay attention. That's exactly, the, the more you pay attention to them, the more they happen. It's right. not just simply that you're aware of them more, but they literally happen more. I always give the example that the, um, that, um, People always are concerned that, that that synchronicity is nothing more than a VW bug effect. You know, if you and I talk about VW bugs yeah, in a yeah. car, and then we start we drive on a road, we're going to see more VW bugs because they're there. Yeah, that's not a synchronicity. That's no. just our increased awareness. Right. But you know, you could look between now and forever, and you're not going to have eagle moments like I'm about to tell you. Okay, yes. so there's this <laughs> raptor, and I thank you so much for this. And we actually have time to do this. So now we're going to get now we're going to get on top. Item number nine. So here's what happened. I then got up the courage and decided to send um, Lisa Miller an email and ask her if I could potentially focus my article on synchronicity as opposed to doing something on safer like spirituality and healing. Now, I did not confess anything about all of these synchronicities that were going on. I did not mention the G word, the God word, okay? Uh But I wrote this email. That's going to become important. Then... Number nine is super weird. Um, later that day, at 3 p.m., we were scheduled to have a, a meeting uh, with the Circle of Trustees for my Laboratory for Advances in Consciousness and Health at the University of Arizona. However, at 1 p.m., um, I learned that one of our key participants couldn't attend, and we collectively decided to postpone the meeting for another day. So I now had a little bit of free time. And Rhonda, when she heard about the postponement, she said, you know, Gary, there's this movie playing, um, Heaven is for Real. Uh-huh. And maybe it, would, maybe it would be, which is about a purported near-death experience of a yes. four-year-old boy. It's an amazing story. It was a bestseller for a couple of years. And, and I thought that the – she said, why don't we go to see this movie? And since the time freed up, we said, let's go. Okay? So anyway, we're watching this movie, and it's a very well-done movie. And toward the end of the movie – there's a scene where the father, which is a pastor, is reading a piece of paper of this conclusion that he's going to give in his sermon. And the middle sentence says, God is love. Okay. Now, I have never (laughs) in any movie ever seen the words, God is love, written down and featured. Yes. in In a theme. Now, of course, this is a a spiritual movie, so you're going to expect reference to God and love and everything else. But I mean, I've seen many movies that have religious and, sp- and spiritual themes, and they don't expressly write the words, God is love. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I said, this is, is um, amazing. Okay? Uh-huh. And then I wondered, and this is actually how I wrote it. It's really funny, funny because I was just editing this exact words when, 
when you fortunately called me and said, Gary, remember, we're doing <laughs> an interview today. I wrote the following. I wondered, quote, was this potentially one more unanticipated propitious event supporting the timing of my writing, something for psychologists, about possible divine influences and synchronicity in post-materialist psychology? And then in the next paragraph I wrote, the simplest, most conventionally acceptable and well-rehearsed answer was, of course not. This has to be a coincidence. Multiple coincidences. And then I said I was well aware that the (laughs) thesis that some sort of a God process might be involved to some degree in the orchestration and timing of all this seemed so mind-boggling as to border on the, quote, preposterous. And yet the emerging conditional improbability of all this was bordering on the preposterous as well. That's right. That's right. That's that's such a key point. People yep. think coincidence is easy, but coincidences, totally random events, which which somehow match up, are extremely rare. I mean, for for things to happen purely at random, the odds against chance of those things are pretty high. Well, you, exactly. Now it becomes preposterous. And I said yes. I was reminded that the challenge in science, clinical practice, and life is to keep one's mind open and follow the trail of evidence where it leads. So now we hit the final point, and then you and I can talk about, <laughs> go on in all the directions here, okay? Uh-huh. So I decided on the next day that it was time for me to read about this journal that I'm writing an article for, Journal of Spiritual Clinical Practice, and to determine if the content that I want to include, which was now going to be possibly this actual sequence of synchronicities, which seemed to be related to the whole article, whether I whether the journal might be open to it, okay? Uh-huh. And I and I as I wrote, I said, um, the truth is that I thought these topics might be too controversial. However, uh-huh. when I read the table of contents from the inaugural issue, my jaw dropped to the floor again. Oh no. <laughs> what happened? Literally. <laughs> included in the table of contents was an article titled, quote, God coming at the end, unquote. <gasps> Oh, wow. Written by a former APA president, a distinguished psychologist by the name of Martin Seligman. Oh. Okay, now I've known Marty for many years, um, and he is um, very ambivalent about, about the God hypothesis. In fact, his thesis of this article was that actually that God, that a God-like creative process is not, quote, the source of the universe and life, but instead it emerges from evolution, especially the evolution of humanity and technology. Okay? Oh, my goodness. And here's what I wrote. Um, I said, I wondered, did Seligman's thoughtful reflections deserve a careful response, one driven not only by theory but by data available from the laboratories of our personal lives, what I call self-science? Yes. Might such an article promote a fruitful discussion in future issues of the journal? Um, and I was, and I wrote. I was now getting brave. I was feeling that maybe it was time for me to confess the God slash synchronicity slash spirituality and clinical practice thesis, and formally ask the editor, Lisa Miller, if I could feature this specific synchronicity in my article. Okay, and then before I have the chance to write that email, I receive an, Miller's response to my earlier email, and I couldn't believe it. What she wrote. She wrote, quote, 
In our first issue of, quote, Spirituality and Clinical Practice, we had two reflections. Martin Seligman. Yeah. <laughs> and she writes, his inner view of positive psychology and spirituality, who published with Carl Rogers. At your request to review the genre, I am sending you one written by Marty. Now, you'll notice that Miller did not mention that Seligman's article featured the God question. Right. And I hadn't informed Miller yet that I was considering writing my article about the God question in the context of synchronicity. Meanwhile, I had, I had not yet read uh, Marty Seligman's article because I could only get from the website the abstract. So I didn't even know what he wrote. But because she had picked the article, and of course it was a 50-50 chance that she would have done so, um, the, uh, uh, because she now provided the article, I could read the article and then realized that his, his commentary really deserved a thoughtful response to give an alternative point of view. And I even had real-life evidence that pointed us in the direction of the of this behind-the-scenes, anonymous, loving, ultra-creative yes. intelligence. Pre-existing, you know, too. And pre-existing, which would be, of course, the inference. Okay? So that's what then finally pushed me to read this article. And in the conclusion, you know what I, what I humorously realized? That what? when I made the list of all those events, they coincidentally came out to be 11. And the funny thing is that my synchronicity journey, journey, which I confessed uh, in hidden in Appendix C of my book, The God Experiments book, began when I was a professor at Yale um, in the early 1980s. And it all began <laughs> with the presence of too many number 11s in my life. Yes. That, well, that's the sacred number. Many people say 1111 on your digital clock is definitely a sign if you, if okay, you are you that. ready for this? What, what? By the way, did I pay you to say that? No. <laughs> no, okay. I didn't. Did we, re did we rehearse this? We didn't rehearse it. Uh-uh. So let me tell you what happened. So here's, I wrote the following. You ready? This is the end of the article. Okay. Um, I wrote, the truth is that there is no bigger question facing humanity than our pondering the possibility that some sort of an implicit God process is playing a typically hidden yet meaningful role in human lives, including the lives of editors and authors. Hopefully, this article honors the specific set of 11 events which transpired, the potential source of these happenings, and the gift of the unanticipated opportunity to share them with one's colleagues. And then I wrote a P.S., I began writing this article around 5 a.m. on May 6, 2014. I finished the draft about 10.30 a.m. and then asked Rhonda if I could read it to her for her comments and suggestions. After I inserted her recommendations and I was preparing to email the revised draft to Miller, I happened to notice the clock and it read, no joke, 11.11. Yes, I would. Oh, that's absolutely, that happens to me too. It is amazing. <laughs> and that, then I wrote, that's, isn't that crazy? And then I wrote, was this merely another random coincidence? No, it never or is. Or could it be a playful example of what Bushnell calls a God wink? If it the is. latter, my response is thank you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So but, anyway, but, that's what <laughs> happened over the, in the past few days. Yes. And I was distracted in finishing this article and hence... Oh, that! Don't worry about that. No, this is this is. We, I I love the opportunity to show people 
that this happens in everybody's life if you allow it to. Now, Dr. Schwartz has spent his life working with spirit, and they're, they have a very tight relationship at this point. But everyone can do this. Everyone who pays attention and says thank you whenever there might be a sign from loved ones, from, from spirit guides, wherever the sign comes from, if you pay attention and say thank you aloud, if you can, you'll get more of them. Um, I, it happens to me all the time now. I mean, in, in, I, it, for me, it's four, 4.44 or 5.55 um, on a clock. And whenever I'm thinking, you know, maybe what I'm doing is dumb, I'll almost immediately, the next time the clock is there, they'll make me look at it. Because what they do is they get your attention and make you look at the clock. It's an easy way for your spirits to give you signs. And, and try catching it without having them tell you to do it. It's impossible. You cannot catch those numbers. I know. In fact, if you try to do it, if you try to do it, it's almost impossible. But is. if you're open to receiving it, then it can happen and happen quite oh, frequently. It, in, in fact, I'm going to take, tell you a quick story. There was an undergraduate. Well, he's now at first year, just finishing his first year undergraduate, uh, uh, for, you know, freshman year at the University of Arizona. I met him when he was beginning his senior year in high school. He is the uh, student of a of a pair of professors at the uh, husband and wife team at the University of Arizona. And um, they are, even though they're, you know, mainstream academics and they're, and they're quite, you know, sort of conservative and skeptical, they're open to all of this, particularly a scientific approach. And meanwhile, their son, um, he had started having these weird um, uh, apparent synchronicities with um, with the number 11. as And he noticed them way too frequently, and it was kind of disturbing him. And the uh, and the parents asked if I'd be willing to speak to their son because they they knew that my journey had began with the number synchronicity. So of course I was honored to be of service, and I ended up meeting this man and we this young man and we clicked and we decided that we would do a formal experiment as a part of it. He decided to do an internship with me, the equivalent of a class in the spring of his senior year. So we did an experiment, and in this experiment, what he did was every time that he was spontaneously led to look at his clock on his comp- on his on his screen, you know, not not seeking out his clock, but just allowing it to spontaneously occur. What he did was he took a screenshot of whatever time it was, so we could then determine. What was the probability of when he was spontaneously led to look at his clock? Right. Did he tend to pick, pick, see the clock? Literally, turn on the, the his uh, his uh, turn on his his iPhone and see the the, the time um, uh, during periods of time where the number eleven appeared. You know, eleven after. You know, ten, eleven, 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 twelve, eleven, so on and so forth. Uh-huh. So wasn't just eleven, eleven. And we collected data, collected hundreds and hundreds of trials of data wow. to track it over the over the uh, you know a, a significant period of time, um, and and he wrote down he made a screenshot of every time he ever looked at his clock for whatever purpose. Okay, so he wasn't looking yeah. for elevens or trying to tune into elevens. We were just keeping track of every time he, his clock was there. And would you believe that when we actually did the statistics? There was a, a sizable and significant percentage of times that he picked that he happened to pick the number eleven than any of the other 
you know, 59 oh, numbers. I, I, I believe and, it totally, but it, but a lot of people would But to see data, but to actually is. see data <laughs> is extraordinary. Now, it, different it people is. have different numbers. Some people have 33. Some people have 44. I mean, different yes. people have different one, you know, person I knew at 47. But we never actually do science on ourselves. You know, we don't, we don't. Because we're not educated to sort of be more yeah. systematic about it. And also, most of us don't have the time. Yeah. You know, we've got very busy lives. So we're lucky if we can just honor the moment and celebrate it. But well, of course, but I'm I, a scientist, so it's my job to sort of, you know, do it more systematically. I so hate to interrupt this conversation. We've got to take one more break. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. You are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And so learning the truth about what reality really is is important for your life. Our guest is Gary Schwartz, and we'll be right back. Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence. She learned a lot more than what happens when we die. She also discovered that we actually are perfectly loving, eternal beings. To help us explore who we really are, she's begun a multi-generational fictional saga that she calls Letters from Love. Letter from Freedom and Letter from Money begin the series, and Letter from Wonder is due in the fall. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Also, enjoy Roberta's My Thomas, the beautiful tale of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Her new novel, Rich and Famous, is a romance set in the go-go 80s. Check out robertagrimes.com to learn more. Knowing the truth about our eternal lives changes everything. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with the wonderful, extraordinary Dr. Gary Schwartz. I can't believe whenever you and I talk, the hour just flies by. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, we, we have about tw- maybe 12 minutes left before we have to wind up. And um, I, I think it's very important for people listening to understand that this synchronicity investigation that you're doing is very important as part of our overall understanding of what's really going on. Um, I'm writing a book now about um, signs that the dead give us and about, well, about the kind of communication you're working on now in your laboratory. And um, it almost everything that happens is really kind of semi, would seem to be, you know, we think coincidental. But it's not. It, it all shades into impossible when we put it all together. It could not be coincidental. Um, I have a quote in, in my book, for, I can't remember from whom, but a, a physicist who won the Nobel Prize, and he said the probability that all of this could have happened by accident is zero. <laughs> and, and, and I thought that was a good quote. Yeah, it is zero. Um, and so it's time for us to be to be doing what you're doing, which is looking at how this all fits together, understanding reality. So uh, we're going to have to do this again because I want to talk about what you're doing in your laboratory. So we'll have to make another another time to well, talk. This, but I would be I would be honored. I mean, the very <laughs> fact that you would bring up atheism in my introduction, which you've yeah. never done before. No, um, I, and I, then I you the script. It wasn't in the script. It just it wasn't in the script. And of course, you did not know that we'd be talking about this because I didn't know that we were going to no. be talking about this. No. And then you end it after I share my my you know the 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 
the you know the the comment about the uh, that there were eleven events that comprised this very memorable sequence for me, um, and then you said yeah it's like eleven eleven, and then of course I had eleven eleven experience immediately after finishing right. it, it was it was it was like it was scripted it was <laughs> yes. like there was you know there was a plot here you know one of the I have the privilege of working with as you know many gifted mediums and and one. Um, a person who I worked with in, in Tucson for a number of years, she used to, she was always fi- fond of using the term the divine plot of which we are part of the co-creation process. Yes. Um, and that also, it's not just, quote, the, the source that is uh, uh, the great spirit, the God, Allah, whatever word you want to use, that one mind um, that is that orchestrates all of this, but there are many layers of this kind of spiritual synchronicity presence, yes. including our specific loved ones who may yeah. have passed and and nudge us um, and also can nudge animals like this moment that that hawk was, as yes. you reminded me, raptor. Um, yes. I have to tell a quick story if I, if I could right Go now because I, yes. I would never confess this, but given the hawk thing, I have to tell you the story. Okay. Um, uh, and I'll try to make. I'll make it quick so we have time to sort of end this up and then continue. I um, many years ago, I would say a good ten years ago, uh, was invited to a uh, uh, a church um, with a. I was invited there by uh, the former medical director of the Canyon Ranch in Tucson and his wife, and they were dear friends of mine, and they were going there because they wanted to. To, uh, to be part of a workshop on a woman who practiced, uh, quote, past life regression. Okay? And, um, the, and I had never experienced anything like this before. And, and especially 10 years ago, I was, I, I was more uh, reluctant to accept all of this as possible than I am now because I have much more data now. Um, and um, anyway, the, uh, she had us explain to us what this procedure was going to be. And um, and then we begin this exercise. And the way the way she explained this was that she was going to have us relax, close our eyes, um, and then uh, walk down a hallway. And there were going to be doors on the left and the right. And then we were going to pick a door and walk down. And then we we're going to look down and look at our feet. And then we were going to look up and see what we were wearing, and then describe what was happening. So now we're ready to do this. You ready? Uh-huh. So I'm. She says, "Okay, close your eyes. I'm lying down and and relax and." And she said, um, uh, the, uh, by the way, now I know why I'm telling you this, because I hadn't made this connection until just now. I mean, I don't normally talk about this. You have to understand okay, this. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, go ahead. so I'm, I'm just now having the aha moment of the, the, the timing <laughs> of all this. I love watching you work in real time. Okay. This is great. So I'm, 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 so I'm walking down the hallway, and then I pick a door, and then I open the door, and I walk into the room, and she says, look it down at your feet. And I looked down at my feet, and I said, "Oh my God, I'm a chicken." <laughs> what I what I saw what I saw were bird feet. I thought they were chicken. Okay, now, nobody chicken. told you told me I could be an animal. It's you know, bad enough to be a pharaoh or to be a slave in, right. in Africa or whatever. But I'm a chicken. And then, and then I look up, and I realize I'm not a chicken. And what I realized was, and this is how I actually wrote an account about this, which of course I haven't published, um, because I wrote the story, it was such a remarkable experience. Um, I realized that what I was, was actually, the way I describe it was, I was either a hawk or an eagle. And I wrote it as a hawk or an eagle. I said I was probably an eagle, 
but I wasn't sure. I was a hawk or an eagle, and I was flying way up high. And from this vantage point, because I never, you know, how many times do you experience yourself as an eagle? Yeah. I'm looking over the vastness of this space, and I'm realizing I'm higher than any other bird, any other animal. And I'm looking over, and I'm seeing the big picture, okay? And I'm both inside the eagle looking out, but I'm also outside the eagle. So I wasn't real quote the eagle. I was yes. with the eagle. Yes, okay? yes, yes, absolutely. And, and then all of a sudden, I'm, I go I'm back inside the eagle, and I notice that the eagle sees this tiny rabbit. It had to have been like, you know, a mile or two at least away yes. from the from the from the eagle but the but the eagle could actually see it and it was hungry and so that so now the eagle and i'm inside the eagle i'm swooning down toward this unexpected you know rabbit yeah. and i'm inside the eagle and then i'm outside the eagle and then i'm inside the eagle. and i mean like my conscious mind is saying oh my god this eagle is gonna is gonna eat this rabbit and what a horrible thing and so on and so forth then now i'm inside the eagle and the eagle swoops down and it grabs the rabbit and the eagle is now actually eating the rabbit. Now, of course, most of us don't see the world through the eyes of an eagle. Right. And while I'm having this experience, I had this profound insight that there was no hostility, there was no animosity, there was no cruelty on the part of the eagle. Right. All the eagle was doing was eating. It was the only thing that it could do to eat. Right. It ha- it wasn't trying to hurt the rabbit. It wasn't trying to torment the rabbit. The rabbit's death was was relatively quickly, um, yeah. And that and I realized that the act of killing isn't necessarily quote with an evil intention or a cruel intention. That th- that therefore the the process of balancing, for example, all the different species to keep everything in check. Right. Could be, quote, part of a larger plan. Yes. Now, so what I'm now realizing, and again, I would have never thought, that if, if that hawk hadn't been sitting on that fountain at this moment, yeah. if you hadn't made the point of saying that that could be synchronistic, reminding me of a, a raptor, I would never remembered that 10 or 11 years ago when I had the, that I had this, quote, past life experience. Yeah. I mean, I don't talk about this. And I certainly don't talk about it publicly. But today, I begin to realize it's part of the, the longer term, if you would, preparation for understanding. That, you know, again, remember, my middle name is if I'm a scientist. So I always say, if there is a, a yeah. divine source. Yes. And if there is an, it, it playing an active role in our lives and so on. That the synchronicities are not are not one minute or one day or one year long. This complex orchestration can can be part of a process that's been going on quote forever, and therefore we're going to potentially see connections in our histories, which are there if we can take the time and we have the devotion and the openness to finding them. Oh, perfect. It's important, everyone, to understand this is a very big, complex 
subject. Um, we're, what we're trying to do is understand little pieces of it at a time. And what I love about talking with you, Gary, is you always have insights that I would never think of, would never, ever think of, or, or, or uh, and I, I always come away and I have so much to, so much to think about. Well, um, it's the same thing when we switch, when we switch sides and the, I get the privilege to asking questions and hearing you share. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like we feed each other. But um, th- this is this is very exciting. I I can't. I, I'd love to read your article if you if you. Um, you know what? I'm going to gonna send. You, I am going to email you the the finished you know draft before it's copy edited. Probably in the next hour or two. That'd be great. That'd be but great. But what you then need to do is then email me the link to this particular show when it's available because I. I, I really should share it with Lisa Miller, who provided me with the gift and the opportunity and the encouragement. It's a deal. I was sure when she read this article that I wrote, she's going to say, Gary, you've finally gone over the edge. You know, this is just this is too much for my community of academic. You know, what we're finding out is there is no edge. It's it is it is just glorious and more glorious the farther we go. There is no edge. And what I love is that you are not afraid to tell the truth. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about is how many scientists, because I've collected a bunch of quotations from them, how many scientists have understood these things, but they've been afraid, afraid to protect. They wanted to protect their reputations. Who knew? Um, so it, it's sort of like we're, everyone has been looking at that emperor and seeing the clothes and seeing the clothes, even though they know he's naked. And it takes someone like you to be the child by the side of the road and say, wait a minute, that scientific emperor for the past hundred years has been naked as a jaybird, and everybody's been afraid to say it, but you're saying it, and bless you, sir, for doing that. By the way, I, have to, I just have to laugh. You said naked as a jaybird. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's another, another kind you, of predatory bird. Right. Do you do you normally use the phrase naked as a jaybird? I've never said it before I in my life. I think so. <laughs> do you know that the other species of bird that I have a, a, a special affinity for um, are actually, and they're the, the primary species, although I'm now beginning to, to realize that the eagle and a hawk has a lot to teach us, um, are the what are called the corvids. And the corvids include ravens and crows and jays. Yes, jays. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so sorry we have to end this hour, but we're going to do this again really soon because um, I want to talk about what you're doing in your laboratory and, and whatever you happen to be working on, just work in front of us. Is what I love when you do this. This is so fabulous. My, I'm Roberta Grimes. I don't, I'm not even sure how to end this. Um, what you've heard has been a scientist who is going to be famous forever working in front of you, and you don't even understand that yet, dear friends, um, but you will. I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, four novels, soon to be five, and The Fun of Staying in Touch, which will come out in August, in which I'm going to talk now, because of today, I'm going to add synchronicities to the things I'm going to say there. Details about my books are at robertagrimes.com. We have been talking about the one-of-a-kind, inimitable Dr. Gary Schwartz. He's the only mainstream scientist I'm aware of who's truly open-mindedly studying the greater reality in a university setting. 
His books include The Afterlife Experiments, The God Code, and a bunch of others, which we never even got to talk about what we will next time. You can meet Gary in person and listen to him at the conference in July. Go to ASCSI.org for more information. And his, he has a chapter in the book, Afterlife Communication, which contains 16 proven methods and 85 true accounts of communications with the dead, but his chapter all by itself is worth it. Go to Amazon.com, Afterlife Communication. Next week, our guest will be Garnett Schulhauser. He's a corporate attorney who met a homeless man who shared wisdom that changed his life. This is a story you will not believe. Please join us next week. Now go out and enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.